you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Father, grant us a spirit of grace in this meeting, that we only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We are going to begin by going to 1 John chapter 2. We are talking about abiding and walking as Jesus walked. 1 John 2, verse 6. He that saith he abideth in him, in Jesus, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So if we say that we are a disciple of Jesus, then we have to walk like Jesus walked. And that is not always so easy. If we will turn to 1 Peter 2, 21. We're laying a groundwork here. Let's begin in verse 20. For what glory is it if when you are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if, when you do well and you suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Wow. Even here unto you were called. We get put in positions that we don't like. We get put with people that don't like us. We get put in situations that are, is not to our favor. And we don't like it. But it says right here, here unto were you called. That, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. You're going to do your biggest growing in adversity. There was never any great miracles without great trouble first, and that's the truth. You're not going to get the big overcoming singing in the church choir. You're going to get the big overcomings. You're going to get the big growth being in the middle of trouble. And it says it right here. Even hereunto were you called. Thank you, Jesus. And like I said last week, ladies, we don't quit. We overcome. We overcome. Now, go to Matthew 10, 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. And the servant as his Lord. And we said this last week, when we first look at this, we say, well, of course, none of us are ever going to be like Jesus. None of us are going to be greater than Jesus. But yet we say that we can do some of the things that Jesus did without having to go through what Jesus had to go through. And if we say that, we are saying that we are greater than Jesus. Jesus, like we said last week, Jesus had to be baptized in water. He said it was to fulfill all righteousness. He had to be. Well, if we say that we can do the works of Jesus without being baptized in water, we are saying that we are greater than Jesus. Last week, we saw that Jesus was anointed of the Holy Ghost, and he ended up full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. Well, if we say that we can do the works of Jesus without being full of the Holy Ghost, we are saying that we are greater than Jesus. 
And that cannot be. We have to do it like Jesus did it. And today, we're going to look at Luke 4. And we're going to see some things here about Jesus, even now, minister to me and bless me when I read them. Luke 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, we said that. He was anointed at the River Jordan. When he came up out of the water, after being water baptized, he looked up, and there was the Holy Ghost descending on him as a dove. It wasn't a dove. The Holy Ghost was descending as a dove. And it lighted upon his head, and Jesus was anointed of the Holy Ghost. Right here in Luke 4, 1, it says he was full of the Holy Ghost. Well, if Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, then we got to get full of the Holy Ghost. If we don't, and we say we are Jesus' disciples, then we are saying that we are greater than Jesus. This wonderful man. This man, Jesus, that was a God, that came to earth, and he laid down all his godly powers, all of them, and he took on the flesh and the soul of a man. And he did it to show us, out of love for us, to show us how to walk, to show us how to get out of this wicked world, to show us how to walk, in the kingdom of God. You know what the great thing is? Jesus did it first. Our shepherd that we get when we are born again did it first. So our shepherd's going to lead us down the path he has already been down. Thank you, Jesus. It's nice to remember that sometimes when we're going down that path. You know, walking with God, that reminded me of getting on a roller coaster. And when you first get on that roller coaster, I mean, it goes up and down and it goes fast and it comes down fast. And when you first get on that roller coaster, you are terrified and you're hanging on and your eyes are closed. At least I was when I first started riding. Then you're thinking, when is this thing ever going to stop? I want to get off. You know what? That roller coaster never stops. Never stops. You still go up and down the hills and you go around the curves and you go up and down and around and you're speeding along the way. Sometimes it's a little slower. Sometimes the hills are a little, a little less high, but it's still there. That roller coaster never stops. But you know what? As you're riding that roller coaster and you're learning how to ride it, it's getting a little easier. And you get a little more confidence. And you get rid of a lot of fear. And after a while, you're riding that roller coaster and you're sitting back and you're sipping your coffee. And you're still going up and down and around and through and loopsy, loopsy, loops. And you know what? A lot of the fear is gone. Why? Your confidence switched from you to the Lord Jesus. That's what this walk is. We go from confidence in us to confidence in God. When we end up with that roller coaster ride, that last hill, we're never coming back down. We go up and we stay. That's the walk with Jesus. Now, chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. Now he's full of the Holy Ghost. He has been baptized in water. He is full of the Holy Ghost. And look what happens to him. He returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Led by the Spirit. The Spirit took a man full of the Holy Ghost and led him into the wilderness. 
And why did he lead Jesus, our Jesus, into the wilderness? Verse 2, being 40 days tempted of the devil. Tempted of the devil. Your Messiah, our Savior, had to be tempted of the devil. Had to be. Guess what, folks? We're going to be tempted. He had to be tempted. I want to show you something. Go with me to James 1, 12. Do you have the guts to believe the word of God? Do you have the courage to believe what these words say? Because some of you have never heard these words in this way, and it's going to jar your foundation, and I thank God it is. Some of you, this is going to make you mad, but you go ahead and be mad. But you think about why you're mad, why you're being mad, and maybe God will change you. All right, verse 12 of James 1. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. That word endure means to bear bravely and calmly. Calmly? Endure temptation calmly? As I said, here we go on the roller coaster. Bless that man that has endured temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Now look at this next phrase. For God cannot, cannot be tempted with evil. God cannot be tempted with evil. Now I got to ask you a question. If God cannot be tempted with evil, how did Jesus get tempted? How was Jesus tempted? If God cannot be tempted, how was Jesus tempted? He wasn't a God. He wasn't a God. These words right here prove it. He wasn't a God. He had to be made a man. You can't kill a God. And Jesus had to come down from heaven and he had to become a man so that he could be a sacrifice for man. He had to put back what Adam destroyed. And to do that, he had to be a man. To be a man, he had to be tempted. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. Paul right there shows in Thessalonians we have three parts to us. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. The body is easy. The body is the carcass that you walk around in. The body is what you feed. All right, that's the body. The soul. The soul is where our emotions are. The soul is where our conscience is. Then we have a spirit. And when we are born again, that spirit becomes one with the spirit of Jesus. Now, Jesus... To be a man had to be a spirit, a soul, and a body. The spirit was Jesus from heaven. The spirit of Jesus was what came down and went into the body in Mary's womb. That's the spirit of Jesus. But when he was put in Mary's womb, that spirit took on a soul and it took on a body. Jesus said in Hebrews, you have prepared me a body. Prepared me a body. A body. 
So God prepared a body for Jesus. He also prepared a soul. So now Jesus has a spirit and a soul and a body. That soul was not perfect. It says that in Habakkuk. The soul was not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. That's what had to be made perfect. Had to be made perfect. What a wonderful thing we will see here. Do you know what? That's the way we got to walk. Our spirit now is one with Jesus. The spirit is alive. If we die, we go to be with Jesus. Why? Because we're one with him. That's where our home is now. But we got a soul that needs to be made perfect. But the more the soul gets made perfect, the more the body straightens out. It's amazing. But now here, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. It's not God that's tempting you. It is not God that's tempting you. But what is it? That every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Love it. His own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Being tempted is not sin. Thank God. Being tempted is not sin. It's when we give in to the temptation. That's when it becomes sin. We can be tempted day and night, and sometimes that's what it feels like. It says we can be tempted, but we don't have to yield to it. And you know what? Jesus had to be tempted. He had to be. To walk like a man, he had to be. His soul had to be made perfect. Turn with me to Hebrews 4. Verse 14. Seeing then, we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And look at this next verse. For we have not a high priest. Did you know Jesus was your high priest? Did you know Jesus was your high priest? For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Your Messiah had to be tempted. What we read before, it is your lust that causes you to be tempted. As I've shared before, you can't tempt me with fried frog legs. You can't. You can bring a big plate of fried frog legs and stick them in front of me, and I won't be the least bit tempted. I had them once. They were very undercooked, and I swear they were still hopping. No more lust for fried frog legs. You can't tempt me with that. Okay, there are some things in your life you know you can't be tempted with. They may tempt somebody else, but they're not going to tempt you. Well, Jesus was tempted in every point. Jesus was tempted in every point. So he had a soul that was not upright, or it could not have been tempted. It could not have been tempted. You know, you're looking at me like you're blaspheming. Oh, no, I'm showing you the love of your Savior. Genesis 17, I believe it is is when Abraham was talking face to face with Jesus, the Lord. And Abraham said to him, would not the judge of the whole earth do right? Jesus is the judge of the whole earth. 
and by the love of God, that judge, that judge, your judge, came down here to walk like a man so he knew how it felt to be you. How it felt to be you. Not just the other guy over there, how it felt to be you. If he was tempted in every temptation, then he was tempted with the things that you are tempted with. He knows what it feels like to be you. He knows what it feels like to wake up some mornings and say, I don't want to do this. He was tempted with that. He was tempted with, I don't want to believe. He was tempted with all the things that you were tempted with. He was tempted with fear. He was tempted with disappointment. He was tempted with all the things that we have to walk with. And you say to me, but you don't know what I've been tempted with. Jesus does. Jesus does. And it is written and the scripture cannot be broken. The word is all. However low, however deep, however that temptation is in you, Jesus did it first. He was tempted with it. Let's go on. Seeing then that we have a high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Tempted, he never sinned. Now look at this next verse. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. And like I said last night, we get into the throne of God with the blood of Jesus. That's how we get into the throne. Let us come boldly, boldly in the middle of the temptation. Come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Why? To help. To help. You know how wonderful that is? I was taught in the denominational church that says that you're on this on your own. That Jesus basically gets you born again and kicks you out of the nest and you go. And let's see how you walk. That is so far from the word of God. Where was I? You know what? I wasn't reading. I wasn't studying the word of God to find out what Jesus was like. The more you read that word, the more you get that word in your heart, the more Jesus you get in here. And you find out Jesus does not leave you with the resurrection. He is your shepherd. He leads you. You can hear his voice. And he leads. And you know what? We can go to him for help. For help. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know he wanted to help me. I thought I was going to be some weakling if I told him I needed help. You know what? You can't do this on your own. You're going to find out when you start walking. It is so amazing. We get full of the Holy Ghost. We get some word in us. And oh man, we are a faith mountain. And then we start walking. And we find out we can't. We try and we can't. You know what? The shepherd knows that. That's why he leads us. That's why he helps us. He helps us. We can go to him for help. Why? Because he's been there. He's been tempted. 
in everything we've been tempted with, and he overcame. And he'll lead us out. It says to help in time of need. Go with me to Hebrews 2. The last verse in Hebrews 2. It says, for in that he, Jesus, himself has suffered being tempted. He has suffered. You are suffering when you are tempted. You are not suffering when you have done something wrong and you're paying for it. That is not suffering. That's being stupid. But you know what? We've all been stupid. So, the suffering is when you're being tempted and you are not yielding, to, you're trying not to yield to the temptation. You are doing all you can and you go for help. And what does it say here? For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them, to aid them, to bring relief to them that are tempted. When you are being tempted, Jesus is there to aid us in the temptation. I remember specifically a time when I was living in Frisco that there was some things coming out of my heart and there was some, I guess you would say lust, there was some desire to do some things that were not smart. Oh, the desire was strong. It was really strong. I remember standing there being so frustrated, thinking I'm going to get myself in some big trouble. This thing had a hold of me that I thought for sure that that knock was come knocking on the door and they were going to drag me off. I hadn't sinned yet, but oh, was I tempted. Oh, was I tempted. Every time I'd turn on the TV, some person with the same temptation was being hauled off to jail. I was in fear. I thought, what am I going to do? This thing's driving me crazy. They're going to come and get me. I'm going to yield to this thing, and they're going to put me away. I mean, I was afraid. And I went to God for help. I said, you're going to have to help me. I can't get this off of me. And you know what? That man that had the same temptation came to me. I remember standing in my living room and the spirit of Jesus said, Kathy, don't forget the blood. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. He knew what I needed. He knew what would help me. He said, don't forget the blood. It just took me a couple hours to pray it off. And you know what? The desire, the temptation has never been there since. Not once. Our Savior had already walked it and he knew how to get me out of it. And it was welcome that I went to him for help. We have to be tempted. If we are going to walk like Jesus, the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. He will do the same thing for us. Just like I said, we get full of that Holy Ghost. We are baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're baptized in water. We are born again. Oh, we're a faith giant. And then we get put into the wilderness. And all hell hits. Why? We have to do it like Jesus did. We have to be tempted. We have to be tempted. And I'm going to finish with what happened after he was tempted. Let's go back to Luke 4. We'll go back and look at this next week, but I want to show you the very end of his temptation. 
verse 14, and Jesus, after he had finished those 40 days, it says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit. But he didn't know how to work it yet. How to work in the Spirit. How to walk in the Spirit. How to be led of the Spirit. He didn't know how. He had to learn like we did. And how did he learn how? By being tempted. By being tempted. And at the end of that temptation, he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. God's not going to send you to preach without learning how to walk in the power. He put me into the wilderness for years. But I had to learn how to walk in the power of the Spirit. I had to learn how to make it work in me. And the only way to do that was to go through the temptations. But I had to be tempted. And I had to learn how to walk in the power of the Spirit. And once I learned how to do that, then is when I started ministering. And not a moment before. I would have been no help to anybody if you can't walk in the power. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and not walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. You got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you want this? The way to have that adventurous life. The way to have things happen to you like you have never dreamed of. The way for God to take you places you have never been. The way to watch the power of God with your own eyes. The miracles that God does in, in front of you. Oh, friends, that is worth it. It is worth walking in the power of God. It is worth all the temptation. It is worth the hard times. It is worth the tearful times. It is worth the brokenness. It is worth it to walk in the power of God. But to start, you must be born again. And you can be born again by going to the one that walked it just like you're going to walk it. And his name is Jesus. And we go to Jesus and repeat this after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Guide me. Fix me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray for those that want baptized in the Holy Spirit. If we ask of you for the Holy Ghost, that is what we're going to get. The God of all heaven, the God that created the devil, the God that created good and evil is stronger than any other spirit. If we ask the Father in Jesus' name for the Holy Ghost, that's what we're going to get. That's the power of our God. Put your hand on your belly. Father, I pray for those that want that baptism in the Holy Ghost. I pray for those that want to be filled with your spirit, the spirit of God in them, the spirit that Jesus walked in. Father, I pray for everyone that wants the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Father, fill them now. Fill them with your power. Father, fill them with your power in Jesus' name. And now, open your mouth and let the Holy Ghost take over. Let those words come out that aren't your words. And let the language come out that's not your language. And just worship and praise God and those words will come out and you will be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus was. Amen.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.